Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about desirability today. And to start off, we're going to start with the highly desirable KFC Double Down. It's a pretty short one, so we better back it up. KFC's Double Down is back? Double down, double, double, double down, double down, double, double, double down, chicken, chicken, bacon, chicken, chicken, cheese, double down, double, double, double down, double down on KFC's double down. Okay, so there you go. I've never had one, but I read a, or I watched a review and they said it was it was a little expensive. It's like eleven fifty for for this concoction it's a piece of chicken on each side no bun and uh, a couple of you know probably minuscule pieces of bacon in the middle and some cheese what could be better than that except that it's lint so and it's only for four weeks so i guess i'm not gonna have one but if i were able to i might try it and uh here's an article from um from ask over here at Adland TV, and she said she thought she might try one too. Uh, the weird Snapchat filter face style is in fashion right now, and you know that's what they do. They, you know, they make the faces look amplified. You know, you don't even hardly—I didn't even hardly notice it till I read the the uh, till I read her description of it. Uh, it's Major Lazer's hit song "Bubble Butt." <laughs> which has now become double down and it sings the virtues of an over-the-top sandwich which is a bunless double chicken bacon bacon cheese stack <laughs> i kind of want to try this monster enrique camacho says kfc's double down is the most over-the-top sandwich ever conceived you know we wanted to match the energy with uh, equally over-the-top creative executions Basically, we got a weird, we got just got weird with it, and the results were a lot of fun. Okay, so that's from Enrique, group creative director, and uh, an ask calls out the dancing cactus in the back left, which I did see after watching this a few times. Okay, it is uh, findable on YouTube, um, but we're just going to put this thing. I don't think I'll put a link to the <laughs> to the actual commercial. I think. On here somewhere there if you go to the actual Adland TV link there is a there is the video is up on Adland where she has quite a you know it's one of the world's largest collections of commercials from all over the world okay now the um, the style consultant has tried to get me for for a couple of years now to just do like one article and I I usually can't I have too much to do but today we're going to let you off the hook and uh, go right to Summer Gould, how to add desirability to your direct mail. Um, and scientists have found that people will judge the likelihood of an event happening based on how easily they can recall a relevant example. Okay, so when you see the good hands in Allstate commercial and somebody's bouncing into your car and bashing it up and you think, eh, yeah, that's happened to me before. Right. Or you get a flat tire in the middle of nowhere and you want roadside assistance. Right. And you say, mm, OK, that makes sense. I don't I don't have it. Disclaimer. I'm not getting paid by Allstate. 
I don't get paid by almost anybody. <laughs> we should be talking about that. Uh, David, uh, David and I talked about that yesterday. Um, <laughs> and he tried my number at the bottom of the screen and it actually did work. So there's something. Um, so anyway, uh, so in your direct mail, use relevant common examples that can easily be visualized to convince people that they do need to make a purchase now. Okay, and I, and I was trying, Summer, I really wish you could give me an example to latch onto on these. Um, and if you turn this into a book, you really have to go the extra mile and have at least one story or direct mail piece that goes with it. Um, I was thinking back to a piece of mail I worked on that showed... Um, it was a laminate, it was a three-fold laminate brochure um, with an address label stuck on, and it had a picture of King Tut's artifacts and an, a, a pyramid in the background, and it was talking about how you wanted to preserve your, your treasures, and the idea was buy a laminating machine from General Binding Corporation. <clears throat> And um, it also had a sale on it, and uh, it got no results at all. They sent out 150,000 of them, and they asked me, and they only got three leads out of the whole deal. And they try, and they so they sent it to me, and they said, "What can we do differently? <laughs> Could we fix this?" And there was a few things right off the top. You know, they, they were they were sending it to schools and they were showing industrial commercial printing laminators, which they had probably used for that piece. And I said, you know, why don't you just show the kind of laminator that a school would buy? They said, oh, schools know all about us. They, they know all about us. They know that we sell school laminators, but we want to show the full line of our laminators in case the piece fell into the wrong hands, you know. Uh, I said, well, you know, sometimes teachers are new. Maybe they don't know where to get those things. Maybe they, theirs just broke down and they really want to just order the one that they want or the one that might make sense for them. Okay, so they pulled that out. I said, you've got a sale ad on here. I'm not against you putting doing a lamination uh, mailer. It's kind of cool. But I said, you may not want to put the sale on it since this piece is like, you know, double the cost of anything you could have mailed. Uh, in a similar format, and so then the and the, you know we did some stuff with the copy and the headlines and stuff. But the fact is, it wasn't relatable. <laughs> they should have shown pictures of fall leaves laminated, you know, with the kid taking it home and showing it to their mom and how cool that was. That would have been a, a home run uh, because that was a con you know that is a common event where the the kid. I mean, we <laughs> when I was a kid we'd Iron them between wax paper. That <laughs> just shows you how. <laughs> I don't think they'd allow a hot iron in a school these days. But anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, so if you want to connect with people, you may want to use a plausible. Uh, you may want to show a plausible scenario of what your product produces. That smile or that, uh, or the hug, or the, 
roadside assistance <clears throat> magically appearing. Um, I have a good story of that one. I'll skip it. <laughs> okay, so so you want to lay the groundwork by prompting people to think of instances where your product or service could have helped them. And for as much as direct mail can can tell a story, I just don't see this very often. Here's a mailing piece I got this week. It's a big, it's a big, big postcard. Big, big. I don't know if that even qualifies on postcard rate. It looks like it's more than 12 inches. It looks like it also the post office folded it in half. You might as well have done it as a fold. I should probably call these people. They're, they're, Mark is an old friend. I'll tag him on here. And I was thinking about him the other day. And here's his mailing piece. You know, if you, if the postal service is gonna is gonna bash it up, you might as well just bite the bullet and fold it for you know for real. Um, this is a retail outlet um, for outdoor furniture. Uh, and new spring hours in there, in there, starting in March. Here's the address. Here's the address. I don't know if you can. Can you read that? I can't. <laughs> I can't even read it. I mean, I can. I can read it. It's somewhere in Sussex, so it's not too far. But I think, um, you know. You might want to tell people where it is. It's not even really that clear, except they show the front of the store, that it is a store. So um, it doesn't really tell the story. It, it doesn't really give you a way to respond. And uh, yeah, I'll have to give them a call today. <laughs> but this is this is typical of most direct mail. It's also typical of my career, you know, where I just look at things and say, you know, why'd you do it that way? You know, uh, here's a, no, this one hasn't been in the mail yet, so I'm not going to share it. But I just, you know, there's so many things you can look at and just look at and say, well, why did, why'd you do this? So before you do it, send it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Run it by somebody. Run it by somebody like like uh, Summer, Summer Gould. She'll look it over for you, I betcha. Um, so anyway, even if the person you're sending the mail piece to thinks they're not interested, you can use this method to help them visualize how they do need your product or service. This will get them to come to the conclusion that they do need to buy. This, this trigger is called avail availability bias. And I don't really understand this, I have to admit. You can use frequency, recency, and quantity quantity to trigger availability bias. I don't know if that means in your customer file. Do you mail the people that have bought from you more often? The more often people hear something, the more likely they are to think of it as relevant to their lives. Since recent memories are easier to retrieve, you can use that in your mail, direct mail to drive need. Again, give me, please give me an example. I'm better with examples. The key to trigger availability bias, okay, here comes the key, is to cause people to estimate the likelihood of something happening where they would need your product or service. You know, and, and one of the things, one of the, 
one of the possibilities I thought about was the Mayhem ads from, is it Allstate? I think it is. No, you're in good hands with Allstate. State Farm? American Family? <laughs> Who does the Mayhem ads? I think it is Allstate. But it just shows you that, uh, you know, you can remember the Mayhem, all these Mayhem ads of the of the grill blowing up the car and uh, and other many, many other things. Are those likely? Mm, probably not. Maybe that's the problem. Farmers has a whole series on unlikely insurance claims. Um, probably both of them are avoiding the availability bias. If it's not available to you, maybe you don't need their insurance, right? Okay, make sure that your message does not start with features and benefits. First, you need to set the stage with a story. Okay. <laughs> and I would suggest also, Summer, this paragraph at the beginning that talks about all of your previous articles that connect with this, I would put it at the end. It's not really engaging anymore. It's too much. It's almost a full page of recap. Okay, so... To add desirability to your direct mail, prompt people to recall a time when they could have used your product or service. So remind them of a flat tire when they needed roadside assistance or something. That's probably the most common thing, right? Get them to imagine a future in which they are happy using your product or service. And um, again, you know, the story of the, of the laminated fall leaves might be a good one. Focus your marketing so that, that you are well known for one thing. That way they will automatically think of you when they need that one thing. And and, and one of the mailers that came to mind, uh, Andrew Ettinger mentions a guy in New Jersey. I think it's in New Jersey. And he mails 30,000 postcards a month, I think, uh, all around New Jersey about tree trimming. And when there's a major storm, man, uh, I think he just hires every all the other tree trimmers to work for him because he has so much business. Um, but he always has business. He doesn't do any digital, doesn't do anything else. Just reminds people when they need tree trimming, he's the guy to call. Make your message consistent and frequent. Andrew specializes in that at Best Postcards with uh, HVAC contractors especially so that they can remind their customers. I was going to do a feature on magnets on postcards today because I saw something on LinkedIn for that. But... Um, but I couldn't find any good stories about it. So that would be another thing that you could do to remind your customer that you're there when they need them, when they need you. You want your product or service to feel familiar. Include stories or examples where your product or service is the obvious solution. Yeah. And I found out also in doing my background research for today that 9 out of 10 stainless steel refrigerators will still hold on to a magnet. Now you know case you've been thinking about doing a magnet <laughs> take advantage of current events that connect to your product or service okay so um that's a little harder to do with mail right current events um i i really do like the idea of a frequent mailing for a future event you know when the next hurricane hits give us a call <laughs> get on our list right now <laughs> 
For a mere $5 a month, you can be the first people we visit after the hurricane hits. That's an idea. Okay, the tactics mentioned above are a great way to drive the direct mail response you want. Getting people to come to conclusions that they need to buy your... Getting people to come to... The conclusion that they need to buy your product or service on their own is a great motivator. Again, keep in mind that you can always combine behavioral science tactics to increase the effectiveness of them. Get creative and have some fun with your direct mail. I like that. Okay, Summer, if you see, when you see this, because I'll tag you and you'll see it. Um, if you can give me a couple of examples in the comments, uh, that's not too late for your input. So thank you for that. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Oh, and if you need help with your mail, you know, join the WDMA, and then I'll feel obligated to look it over. And uh, you just go WDMA.org slash join. And it, you can support our work fighting for mail every day. I don't think there's anyone else in the world who is. Bye-bye.